welcome back to the Canical Freak podcast from that font of neoliberalism today. Seattle, Washington, just spewing out of the Space Needle every day, like uh, piss erupting from the earth, falling all over all of us, affecting our T-Mobile service all over the city. Uh, How are you guys doing today, Greg Munya? How are you guys? I'm good, good. man. I just got back from Seattle, so that was fun. It was good to see you guys last week. It's good to hang with you guys. Uh, you know, yeah, had a little shindig. Awesome to see you in town, Monia. Thanks for hosting, mm-hmm. Brian and Bryn. Chef Brian. Uh, That's Chef Brian to us now. Yeah, sh- Chef Brian, <laughs> you know, Brian, the, the lamb was fantastic. Uh, so <laughs> tender. You know, really highlighted the 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 meat itself. You know, the choice, uh, you know, the flavors of uh, of the meat itself. And I, you know, I was thinking, like, you, you have been over the last, like, at least a year, I guess, like really kind of, you know, as the podcast has come up, as the Patreon account has like come up and like, you know, when we've gotten together, you know, we've, you know, we've uh, laid out for, you know, a, a prime cut, you know, like we had the, the, an entire lamb uh, the other day. <laughs> um, and then, you know, at Christmas, might, might was have, it? Might have made too much lamb. <laughs> at Chris, was it Christmas or sometime around then or when? When you you yeah, were in yeah. town, did we have that prime yep. that prime rib, that really good prime yeah, rib? Yeah, you know, and like that's right. And, you know, so Brian's Brian's been concentrating. You know, on, like Brian's a, Brian and Brian are great cooks. Brian, you know, I've, you've cooked many many a, a delicious meal for me. And but you know, it seems like you're on this uh, this journey with these like prime cuts. You know, that just like slowly cook to perfection uh, so that they you know melt that melt in your mouth red meat you know and and you're you are perfecting that and and, and i'm just was thinking about this uh the day after and how and then coming back to like how as we arrived i i was like dying over the exquisite quality of the bologna on the charcuterie platter you know (laughs) and and i and i just began to get this anxiety like and i just kept i'm just thinking in the back of my mind i was like does does Sara think we all just sit around eating unspiced white people food all the time? <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, Sara, if you're listening to this, well, Ryan and Bryn like do use like spices in their food. You know, now it's not always like 1958 uh, yeah. in Indiana. Well, well, well to be when fair, the pod gets together to eat. You know. <laughs> the like a lamb thing was uh so for listeners uh we took a boneless like a lamb uh we used the uh Seattle native J Kenji Lopez alt uh sort of rub recipe and reverse sear method for it it was very good but to be clear this was to impress Munya's girlfriend all right like if it was just <laughs> you guys it would have been chili dogs like, you know, so sorry if you're listening, the, the, wow. the, the alternate menu was uh, just chili dogs or, uh, you know, uh, w- like one of those just casseroles where you just dump a can of Campbell's in there with some dog food and cheese and just throw it in the oven for an hour. That was those were the other I'll two I'll have options. you know that Brian actually makes an incredible chili, a, a heavily uh, spiced Chili, and I, I won't reveal his secret ingredient, though I do know it. 
The secret spice ingredient. You know, the yeah. thing that sets yeah. Brian's I'm chili listening. apart at the cook-off, you know? Yeah, Greg actually does know. Um, well, I will I say do. I, I, I cooked... I, I also did... I, it's not just a joke. I did cook chili dogs for Greg one night. And he was like, why are you making chili dogs? This is gross. So it was just the two of us. And I was like, well, Greg, you came over to watch a movie. You declared this chili dog night, the movie you know, where you go and watch a bad movie. So I made chili dogs because it's chili dog night. And you're like, well, you don't eat chili dogs on chili dog night. <laughs> I was like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> uh, we, you know, I mean, we, you know, we did, we did sometimes, but, uh, you know, not necessary. All it's right. more, it's a vibe. It's a vibe. You know, chili dog night. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, there you go, listeners. Uh, chili dog night, more vibe than uh, reality. All right. Well, other things happened over the weekend. Uh, and of course, what I'm talking about is the big game. You guys watched the Super Bowl. I know Greg was on the edge of his seat. He was like, "Will McCombs? Will McCombs? Will Mahomes overcome his ankle injury? Is the Eagles' defense just too smothering? I mean, you Wait, know, those Chiefs' weapons—they're a little weak on the outside, you know. Uh, <laughs> oh, who won? Like you weren't just watching every second of it. Wait, sorry, Greg, you're right. You're right. Right. First, first question: Who remind me who played in the game? well greg uh it was the chiefs and the eagles but the real winner was the league for putting on an event that we all cheered for loved and uh enjoyed and nobody was mad about at the end so uh yeah yeah. right now we're all rob Lowe. we got our hat on that just says nfl (laughs) with the shield on it hell yeah uh i'll have you know yesterday i was reading a book Nice, dude. So cool. Actually, two books. This is like, yeah, Greg, like, you gotta be careful because, like, the pendulum kind of swung all the way back around, like, where it's, like, not cool to be a sports ball. Like, ooh, ooh, sports (laughs) ball. Like, ooh, I, I, I... I don't I don't actually uh, watch that shit. I'm going to watch it ironically, you know, um, like yeah. uh, it's actually now lame uh, to do that. So, you know, hey, read easily maybe the I books. was not watching it ironically. Next, you're going to tell me it's not cool to be an irony, bro, anymore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, Greg was reading two books, both of which were memoirs of old football players. Just to get you, <laughs> right. he yeah, like, no, Greg's like a return guy for football. Actually, yeah. like, he's like the game's gotten too soft. Uh, I was watching a classic <laughs> Super Bowl from 1964 with like uh, uh, Joe Namath uh, yeah. and uh, the Jets or something. No, no, Greg, we get it. You're watching a classic game before all those. You know, those guys, you know what I'm talking about. The ones who came into the league and started showboating. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, exactly. No, Greg was safe on his boat, avoiding, doing what he usually does, which is avoiding engaging the culture that the entire country engages in. Maybe 10 years down the road, he'll uh, catch up with us and watch the current Super Bowl. <laughs> but for those of us that did watch... Uh, Huge things happen in this game. We got to cover them all, guys. I'm sorry. We got to do a Super Bowl update. First huge event of the game, the Fast X trailer. Holy shit. I know that Fast 9 kind of sucked, but... uh, You, man, you hyped me up. You got me so fucking stoked for like, man, the new Fast movie's coming. I was like, I'm on board. All right. You and Brynn are so psyched (laughs) about it. Like, I'll get in the mood. Like, I'll, you know, I'll believe, you know, and man... 
That well, shit sucked, man. Uh, that first was so off, fucking boring. They were all gold up until Fast 9. Fast 9 is some sort of disaster in the franchise. I think two things. John Cena is the villain. The man is a charisma vacuum. I'm sorry, wrestling fans. The guy sucks. And uh, he was I don't very know bad it, in that movie. Yeah, I don't know if it was COVID related or whatever, but like Fast and the Furious has always been famous for doing real stunts and stuff like that and for having really cool, crazy, real but Fast 9 was stunts. a cartoon. It looked like a yeah, look like, like a Marvel CGI. movie. Yeah. Yeah, dog shit. I'm kind of hoping that we're back to the real stunts. So John Letier is going to be the director of Fast, or is the director of Fast 10, who's famous for the Transporter series, uh, which oh. I'm also a big fan of. And so I'm, I'm kind of feeling good that maybe the direction's going to be back where we want it. And here's the key point. Jason Momoa is the villain. Can't and go so, wrong. Yeah, so we're back to somebody with charisma as the villain. That, I mean, the man's just chewing up the scenery in the trailer. It's going to be great. Uh, Snakeskin jacket the entire movie. Yeah. Sign me up. Um, Love it. uh, Moody, were you able to catch the Fast 10 trailer? You got any thoughts? No, I had to fast because I was... You had to um, fast forward through the Fast 10? (laughs) I had to go so fast because I um, was flying during the Super Bowl when it happened. So literally, like, as we touched down, I remember... Also... Not only that was I flying, but our Wi-Fi on Alaska was not working the entire flight. Mm. So like we were, everyone on the flight was in the dark. I remember like after we landed and everyone like you know got their uh, airplane mode off, like the notifications just like started like flying off. Like oh my god, like you know the winner of the Super Bowl happened, and everyone's like watching mm. the highlights and stuff. So we were all like pretty delayed with the news, you know. Mm-hmm. So. I had it. Luckily, I had it uh, recorded on DVR, so I uh, watched it, and I just, uh, you know, watched the playtime. I didn't have time to watch the full four-hour um, yeah, yeah. broadcast, so I fast-forwarded through the commercials, but watched every single play, every single dead ball. Um, you know, every time there was action, um, you know, you got to see the full extended highlights, basically. Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, I consider the, the commercials were the highlights. As like a uh, '90s no, kid, you know, I I I was raised to believe that the commercials are the game. Well, Greg, I mean, you know, obviously this has been brought up on other podcasts or whatever, but the commercials have uh, gotten significantly worse, and that ninety percent of the commercials now are just QR codes. <laughs> it's just like, hey, <laughs> click this QR code. <laughs> it's it's hilarious. Yeah, um, they're like QR codes that like suck I, out the your oh crypto my God. wallet. I was on I, Crypto Watch, and we didn't get a crypto trailer this year. I was very disappointed. <laughs> I had so I had so funny. The, the final form, the peak like awful QR code menu experience the other day. I actually, I went to the ballet, uh, which oh, was nice. which was fun. And before the ballet, Ooh, um, reading books, going to the ballet. Nice. Greg's changing. Yeah. Me and my buddy Aaron went to this bar. This kind of weird. It was like this weird bar that, that was like the other one that we wanted to go to next to the ballet was was like super crowded and we needed like dinner before and like it was like traveling back in time to like 1992 it was like a little dumpier like small scale more realistic version of stepping into the coffee shop from so i married an axe murderer just like the quirky (laughs) eclectic vibe and the color scheme even and like it was weird it was like old this old seattle like thing Mm -hmm. i don't know if it's been there for all this time or what i'll have to do some research but anyway there's a fucking like one of those little like um card holders you know uh the the little rings that you stick a card into you know and a laminated card in the middle of the table one facing my friend one facing me and it's got a giant it's a black card with a giant ass fucking 
QR code on it. And we both like groaningly, like I'm already, I'm already like complaining about how much I hate this. And I'm trying to take it. And like, she gets a picture. She's like, looks like it's working for a pick of a menu. I hit it and it just comes up with this page. It's like page not found. I'm like, come give me a fucking break. I'm, I'm, <laughs> and I do it again. Page not found. I finally look closer at the page I found. And it's like, Instagram, okay, what it's an Instagram page not found. It's like, okay, I don't know what that, but I, I look and I see on the the card, the giant QR code that just on a black, but it if you read the words around it, it just says follow us on Instagram. Yeah, on yes. card on the fucking table. Yes. I'm looking oh, for a yeah. fucking menu, and on oh, the other yes. side, that's what it is. There's so yeah. some idiot was like, oh yeah, let's print up these things. So people can get at our fucking online menus. But let's put another giant QR code on the back of the van- same thing that just takes you to the fucking Instagram page. Uh, we were desperate, so I didn't just storm out, you know. Uh, we were all we'd already been turned out of the other ends, you know what I mean? So yeah, like, yeah, it was, you're, the, you're it was the stable there. for me, though. Actually, uh, yeah, the, the charcuterie was was great and discovered a new incredible thing which was uh, pickled kumquats. Oh, Ooh. yeah. I guess that's possibly the two cool. greatest things, pickled foods and uh, citrus rind. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd never realized you could combine them, you know? And Yeah, that sounds delicious. Man. Well, uh, yeah, QR codes, uh, they should be haram. After the revolution, they're gone. That's all I can say. <laughs> um, all right, so... So basically, you know, the uh, we're going full every detail of every play. I'm glad that you watched yeah, all the plays. Play by play. Uh, yeah. But there was basically the Chiefs kick off to the Eagles. We go straight to commercials, yeah. fast X, boom, love it. Uh, also, right there at the beginning, um, there was another whole presentation put on by the NFL. I guess this was before kickoff. Uh, Pat Tillman, we're still pretending. And for those who are too young to remember this in our listener group, Pat Tillman was a man who played uh, for the Arizona Cardinals. And after September 11th happened, he very famously joined up with the military, was shipped off to Iraq, uh, while there became completely disillusioned with the American Imperial Project. Apparently started corresponding with Noam Chomsky, talking about how when he gets back, he's going to speak out against the war. And uh, then the other guys in his unit fucking murdered him, (laughs) like literally murdered him. Yeah, Got like shot, of, shot in the back of his head. Yeah, yeah, three times. You know, that kind of accidental friendly fire that you get where you get shot in the back of the head three times. They then took all of his stuff, apparently did like a whole like base-wide search for all of his journals and stuff, burned all of them, and then worked with the NFL to create this whole fake narrative about how he had died heroically in battle and all this, which of course pissed off some of the soldiers who told everybody, no, we murked that fucker. Uh, A year Hmm. later, his family, realizing that something seemed very fishy about this whole story the NFL and the military were jointly putting on, uh, were able to pry out enough details to realize that he was just murdered by fucking his fellow soldiers. Uh, The NFL had the fucking gall in this 2023, the year of our Lord, to put Pat Tillman's face back up there and go, uh, hey, you know, thank you for your service. Uh, you know, he sacrificed, died in the line of duty while fighting for the United States. And it's like, I feel like there's some details you're leaving out of this story, NFL and Defense Department. 
but unfucking believable. To, to me, it's just really weird why the Defense Department insists on like bringing this up time and time again. It's not like Pat Tillman happened yesterday, right? Like yeah. this is like something that is probably would probably just be memory hold or forgotten, you know, in a footnote, or would just be kind of washed away, right? With like a few years of maybe propaganda and conditioning, right? Like you know, this happened quite a while ago. So I, I, I it's kind of baffling to bring this up again and just give like people like even like us the opportunity to talk about Pat Tillman and (laughs) what actually happened, which is like something that's documented um, and, you know, very real. (laughs) Yeah. I'm 100% sure if you went to like, if you were like, who's this Pat Tillman character and went to his Wikipedia page, I'm 100% sure it's going to lay out this whole, it's going to lay out what we're saying. Right. So it's just like, I don't really get why they want to keep bringing him up. Like that's not really a great look. I think (laughs) like it just confuses me. Well, I mean, it's, it's two things that are just fundamental to how propaganda works. Like it, it doesn't matter how good a look it is. It's for an audience and there's a larger audience and a large audience that they're communicating with that doesn't remember all that other shit. Or if they have an inkling of remembering it, they remembering it as bullshit, like anti-war bullshit, anti-American shit. They, they never, that never penetrated and they're not going to the Wikipedia page. They're just getting a triggered memory of uh, 9-11 and post-9-11 fervor and militarism and mm-hmm. that and it's mm-hmm. a part of that story it's this is like yeah remember this is what you the nfl viewer nationalist is into you're like yes remember 9-11 was bad but the iraq war was good you know and like mm-hmm. and and 20 years in afghanistan was good you know uh and the other part why you don't just just in case drop it why you can't resist just bringing up pat tillman again the fucking photo it's the fucking photo guys look at that fucking guy he's like a gi joe doll out of central casting it's (laughs) ludicrous (laughs) what he looks like he is like a a german poster art model okay like he is the the ubermensch of the nationalist soldier like he's the jaw on this motherfucker the shoulders my <laughs> god he looks he is like the giga chad he looks like the yes, giga chad he, yeah, he yeah. is a an american nationalist giga chad in uniform which is also if you you if you're asking yourself like you know lots of soldiers were disillusioned with the war no doubt and like settled and mouthed off a whole lot it's what soldiers do they didn't get murked but not all of them were NFL player Giga Chads. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, yeah. and planning to that, speak out know? when he got back. Yeah. Yeah. And that the same reasons that he somewhat somebody thought he whether it's just the guys in his unit or whoever else thought he was dangerous uh, is the same reason you're still seeing his face every day. Yeah. I mean, if you don't know what Pat, if you just the name Pat Tillman doesn't immediately call his service photo like to your mind uh t- take a look like it's he's an yeah. incredible specimen like 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 yeah. it's rarely produced it was just incredible to see the uh to see them trying to utilize it again for recruiting purposes now uh this game was a game full of firsts i mean back to the game here uh as we learned on twitter it was the uh first nfl super bowl to feature two openly christian quarterbacks 
<laughs> um, crazy, crazy, right? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we no. could say Merry Christmas again, folks. Yeah. <laughs> so, but there was also other firsts as well. Uh, again, right at the beginning of the game, it was the first all-female flyover of, I believe, F-16 pilots, they said. I missed the flyover. But look, ladies can fly military aircraft too, guys. So Was Brie Larson, I, like, sitting shotgun in the one. back over the front one or anything? Like, <laughs> I missed have, opportunity. Like, Captain Marvel no. out there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Al Gadot was just like, uh, you know, being like, <laughs> we better have a lot of jet fuel because we need to go halfway across the country after this one, I got to tell you. <laughs> But the, got a new real estate investment proposition in uh in the Gaza Strip. So, <laughs> well, <laughs> the, the announcers gave us a lot of seal clapping for it, and it just was the meme of the you know more women prison guards, right? Yeah, yeah just yeah. incredible. <laughs> um, but the whole thing, it was girl power the whole way through, because of course we got you know we got to talk about a halftime show with Rihanna. We always do halftime show coverage. Munya, I'm going to ask you, what what was your review of the halftime show? Well, what first kind of came to mind, because Rihanna has been kind of relatively <laughs> quiet when it comes to uh, someone that big, is she hasn't released an album since 2016. Um, her fans are hammering for it. She's kind of she seems to have been busy doing other things. I got cosmetic. Say. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. She's focused on her cosmetic brand and like, uh, I guess, getting a. Uh, Pregnant with ASAP Rocky multiple times. Um, that's kind of like her thing now. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so, but she still managed to stay like up on the charts and has been, um, you know, is undoubtedly one of the biggest artists of our generation right now. Um, and so, you know, it was special for her to come on. But, um, you know, the performance itself, I'll, talk, I'll get to the performance itself. But what really stuck out to me was that just how many hits rihanna has it kind of reminded me of when i saw no, it's Drake's crazy performance same here yeah. like that that blew me it away was like, like yeah. a lot of hits yeah. and so like you know when she was just doing it she was doing her highlight reel i was wondering if she was gonna like you know go more towards her new stuff more towards her old stuff she like she did the stuff that the people wanted right she oh, yeah. gave everything that the people wanted um with in terms of her music um you know, she did all the way from umbrella and like oh five to like you know her current hits and stuff but like you know it was it was solid, man. And I was like, wow, I was blown away. The only thing that really rivaled like that type of like um, hit highlight reel is when I saw um, Drake's uh, Views concert at Madison Square Garden back in 2016, like with Future. Um, and I remember Drake like had to basically do 15 seconds of about 20 different songs to get through them just to like as a flex to check them off, right? And there were yeah, like yeah. songs that you you knew all the time and like those yeah. are the ones that he had to kind of just do eventually just to get through his show you know and yeah, like yeah. that's what it kind of reminded me of a little bit so you know that was cool i'd say the actual performance because rihanna was visibly pregnant something that bafflingly people on twitter did not really understand um <laughs> no any like basic like comprehension of media like, will like tell you how that reproduction she was works like where yeah where no babies i mean like literally from? like they're like that too, oh yeah. did she gain weight or is she pregnant <laughs> it's like literally she opened with like her her outfit itself like basically like had a slit and basically exposed her her stomach right and the one thing that she did that was one second into her 
concert was that she rubbed her belly. Yeah, yeah. Like signaling that she was, I mean, like, it's like, I think we're all just infantilized with media to not understand that. But anyway, um, beside the point, like, you know, Rihanna was visibly pregnant. Obviously, that meant that she couldn't, like, you know, bust down any crazy moves. So, I mean, like, you know, objectively, the performance wasn't the most, like, highest energy in the world, right? She wasn't the most mobile. She kind of relied on a lot of her, you know, her just, I mean, a hundred backup dancers to, like, you know, kind of accommodate that in a way. But at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter that much, right? Like, the performance itself might have been mid, but, you know, she had the hits and she brought them out and it was and it was cool and she was like on a platform floating and stuff like yeah no it was good she didn't do any weird gimmicks she didn't bring out um any artists or anything like it was just totally her performance too which i respect a lot so you know but she yeah. did all of the lights uh i justin was watching with us he's like oh man it'd be great if kanye came out <laughs> right now and i was like that would be fucking rock but yeah <laughs> but no i i thought the the visuals of it were a little flat right i i, I think that we, we've had a, a several Super Bowls in maybe the last five years where I think people forget that they're on TV. <laughs> I wasn't yeah. like producing it, but, uh, but yeah, I think the no, visuals exactly. fell a little like, flat. The, but the, I, yeah, the visuals and like the performance in general is like a little flat, but it made up yeah. for it with just Rihanna being Rihanna. Well, it's crazy. Like I'm not like uh, anti uh, Riri in any way or anything like that. I'm just anti music, but uh, no, it was like, <laughs> Going through, I mean, she probably went through like seven, maybe even eight songs on it, all of which yeah. are like huge hits. And then in my mind, I was like, wow, that's she's got a lot of hits. And then in my mind, I was like, oh, but she like didn't do SOS. She like didn't do, you know, <laughs> as, there's like a bunch of ones that like I was like, oh, she's like other songs that I know. And if I know them, they're hits like they're big hits. Yeah. Right? And it got all the way down right. to me to me knowing the name of it. Uh, but yeah, I, I also was impressed. I was like, man, I guess I ne- it never occurred to me, but she has a ton of hits. Um so, hey, look, uh, you're looking for somebody that's uh, producing bangers. Why don't you go check out Riri? Uh, she didn't say bitch and bitch better have my money. And I thought that yeah. was a cowardly move, though. Uh, that sucked. Um, and also, <laughs> <laughs> also, you know, like we're saying that it, the performance was kind of mid because, you know, she was pregnant. Um, but maybe it's because she's just a billionaire now. And like, yeah, yeah. you know, you yeah. just lose the sauce when you're a billionaire, right? Yeah. Like maybe that maybe that's just it where you just like have to have executive presence and you can't really bust it down. You got to have people revolve around you now, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. Just make everybody maybe. else do it around you, right? But that's, yeah, why, you need yeah, the, that's right. why you need the other visuals to make up for it, right? <laughs> but I, I was happy to see uh the it was there was a trend on twitter going it was like hashtag asop get off her which i thought was pretty funny <laughs> since she's having essentially like irish twins but uh, a lot of people on twitter didn't seem to understand that like after you have a child you can get pregnant again yeah They're like right, how, can, right. how is she pregnant she like just had a kid and it's like, yeah it's like go talk to your like, parents <laughs> oh i don't know <laughs> yeah, yeah some conversations you have with your parents all right well that, it truly is it must be a fact that like gen z and millennials aren't having sex anymore because they seem very unsure about how children come about <laughs> but for, for sure i mean like it's it's pretty funny they're like she was pregnant like two years ago. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just one of those funny things. Of, like, there are people you know who have essentially Irish twins. Like, come on, mm-hmm. this is not an unusual thing. All right. Well, look, <laughs> we cannot leave talking about the Super Bowl. They're talking about the huge controversy everybody was talking about afterwards. I mean, are we going right? to talk about like the end of the Super Bowl? 
yeah, we got yeah, we're getting to it right here. This huge controversy right here. Uh, Russell Wilson's God. charity. Yeah, Holy I was about shit. to say. I was about to say. <laughs> Man, do we always record things two weeks too early? <laughs> Isn't that just our fucking luck, man? This charity story is hilarious. I mean, do we want the Russell episode to be three hours long? (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. So, um, Russell Wilson, for those who did not catch this, has Why Not You Foundation, which is uh, nominally about, uh, you know, spreading money out to help needy children and whatnot. Uh, Turns out that like every other rich person's charity is just a tax shelter. Uh, the money never goes to anybody. And uh, I think they figured out that it was something like less than 13% of it or whatever actually went to charitable causes. The rest was just presumably being redistributed to the employees who seemed to be all of Russell Wilson's family. Um, shock of well, all shocks, rich person charity, just a tax dodge. <laughs> well, like a good journalist, you led with the real lead, which was the, it's, yeah, it's the, this is every charity like <laughs> like so as much as I hate Russell Wilson and, you know, it makes perfect sense. This, I mean, like, but is it like it, it's nothing there's nothing new or revealing or like especially loathsome. It, it's almost boring that like <laughs> that like, yeah, of course. Whoa, his charity's like every other charity. Oh, my it's God. All, it's all a giant scam. His charity is functioning as the charitable, like, philanthropic, like, uh, yeah. you know, system is set up. Right? I mean, like, it's, yeah, it, this well, is exactly what these maybe, charities are meant to do. Yeah, maybe when we covered the Gates Foundation, uh, we talked about, like, it being used as a tax dodge, it being used to pay out his family members and things like that. But maybe one of the things we didn't focus on enough is that what really makes it unique is the amount of money that he does use to do evil in the world <laughs> you know, via yeah, his foundation, yeah. right? Yeah, like, yeah. Maybe that's exactly. the real difference. That's not just like well, 90% tax it's like, dodge, you know? When you're as big as that, like you actually, some money's actually going to have to go out the door. So, and because you're like, also this, your ambitions and the things you're looking to do with money are not just, not only like save a little on taxes and like pay out your your um entourage and your family but like you know tax-free but like uh yeah you want to do like bonville and shit around the world you want to use your you want to churn your cash into political power around the world and like yeah most people just aren't at that level they they're just like they get and they hire a you know a chair a philanthropy consultant accountant person who like sets them up a, a tax dodge you know that they can then like you know pat themselves on the back for and smile and photographs uh and you know and then they can mm-hmm. yeah they can hire their their entourage that they've collected on the way up you know their family you know and like and everybody uh you, they get you get the money out of the bank tax tax free you know yeah yeah but uh just incredible stuff uh so yeah uh Russell Wilson, of course, sucks, uh, but this is rich people behave here. So what are you going to do, I guess? Um, well, I think that covers everything that happened in the Super Bowl, the controversy, <laughs> all the excitement. So let's move yeah, on. Yeah. Yeah, uh, okay. While the Super Bowl was happening and some other big things happened over the weekend, guys, we're facing a full-blown UFO fucking invasion. Uh, have you guys been following this? You guys, you guys been following this? You, guys, yeah, this you so, hear about this, this guy? So, you hear about this, this? This fucking country sucks so much. This every <laughs> like the, 
it's so gross. No, the grossest, it's so stupid to even say this, but like the grossest thing of all this, I mean, no, I, I, it's all so fucking stupid. And we can get into like what we actually think is going on here, like what has actually shifted, but like that every newspaper, like the big, the marquee newspapers, the fucking New York Times, like their headlines are like designed. They are having fun, like, and not just cheeky fun, not like New York Post fun, but like, mm. like really like they are deliberately trying to get people to read deep into an article still thinking about aliens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, and it's embarrassing, like how, like, just throwing around the UFO word, which like. Also, like the DOD is complicit in this. They're 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 leading with that in their quotes to UFO, not their the official uh contemporary term there's they use, which is like uh uh it's something else. I forget. Aerial phenomenon, unidentified aerial phenomenon or something, or something mm -hmm. like that. Um, but like and so it's just UFOs, unidentified unidentified flying object, uh they America shoots down UFO over here and another UFO over here. They were described as not being like the balloon. And you just go on paragraphs and paragraphs before you finally get to like, oh, this one was probably this one was a different type of balloon on that. That one we were talking about five paragraphs <laughs> earlier that was on Saturday uh, just wasn't like the first one. And the other two are not balloons, they say, but there's something different and they do seem a little mysterious, but then we don't know what they are and they don't know what they are. But then another, if you go down to the 12th paragraph, it's like, yeah, we figured they're, uh, you know, no one's saying, but like everyone's saying off the record, like, yeah, it's from some foreign power, you know? And it's like, it's mm. just embarrassing. It's em like, what is the, it's embarrassing that, that there's any motivation to do that on the part of the DOD and the part of like the New York times to like play that level of a game. Like mm -hmm. that that is of use to anyone is really, <laughs> really a sorry state like <laughs> that anyone thinks like what they're even driving clicks. But like if it's the you know, the way the DOD is talking about it, like it's clearly all like in their quotes is clearly meant to be used this way. And, and I, are they just having fun or do they think like. America's so stupid that this makes whatever they're fucking doing here even better in some way. Is it just an in instinct for uh, mischief and misdirection with these things? Like weird, considering the overall valence would seem to be like we want we're ginning up a cold war with China. So I don't know why you would have want to have this much fun with this shit. <laughs> well, I do have one potential uh, reason, or at least interesting factoid. So, uh, yeah, so the first one that came over, uh, the first UFO landed uh, just outside of, and I shit you not, Cumtown, Alaska. Apparently, real place. <laughs> no, no way, man. Sue. Nothing's real anymore. But uh, so See, that, that's come on. That's made up, too. This is all a psyop, <laughs> including the, yeah, the, the Canadian on. town well, of Cumtown. I'm going to tell you one thing uh, that shows that's probably not a psyop. This is in CNN. So when the one showed up in Alaska, this is the first one. 
Uh, they sent F-35 fighter jets up to investigate, so we already know we're off to something good. Um, both pilots, you'll be shocked to learn, gave differing reports, so nothing could be uh, discerned from what they saw. But they did mention that the object seemed to interfere with their, quote, interfere with the sensors on their planes. Uh, but then other pilots not flying F-35 said they did not report experiencing that. Oh, classic, classic. Just, oh my God. So they sent up the F-35s thinking, oh shit, what are we sending up the F-22s against these things? We can rack up some kills on the F-35 mm-hmm. platform here, yeah, actually. Like we, we can list, we'll be listing these for decades. Five trillion the, dollar expense. Yeah, we'll be yeah. listing these in the combat like shoot downs like dog fights you know for decades you know and the stats on this plane and then like it almost goes out of the, it almost like shoots its radar out it bounces <laughs> off, off and like comes back and like the, the just glitches out like it's just like the, the screens are like winking out in the plane and they barely make it back to uh, their landing field, like that's a close fucking call, man. Yeah. So the the Alaska, uh, bal- you know, balloon crisis here was the first one where the Pentagon kind of went hard on the yeah, it's definitely UFO or whatever on the alien language, uh, as you said, Greg. And I do kind of wonder if it was to cover for the fact that the you know sent out on a just routine, hey, go see what's over there mission. The F thirty five is like critical. <laughs> You know, sensors like just like basically stopped working, and they're like, "Well, we can't just say because this thing's a yeah trillion dollar piece of shit. Uh, it's it's got to be some secret technology on the balloon, did it? A secret technology yeah, that it's like, affects only F thirty fives. Yeah, I mean, it's like they had their fucking like uh, their radar going, and then they tried to turn on like their electronic countermeasure system. And it's like when you run the microwave and the blender at the same time, you know, and they're just lucky not to have fallen out of the fucking sky, you know? Yeah, hell yeah. Well, uh, apparently because the F-35 started such trouble, they had to send an F-22 up to shoot that balloon down, uh, which Incredible. was followed by a balloon shoot down over Michigan and well, hang additional on. See, balloon these, shoot downs. two of them... Two of them, they're like, uh, we don't think they were balloons. They're these cylindrical objects, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, which is a right. classic, classic UFO shape. And yeah. um, and it's like, and yeah, they may be. I mean, but then, then they're like, we don't. They they're probably not balloons. But also, we saw no sign of no like no indication of means of propulsion. So they're they're giving the, all these hints like, oh, this is some like. In some new type of craft we've never seen, like, but in these vague quotes of like a oh, cylinder shape, no visible signs of propulsion. Not, we don't think it's a balloon. And yet they're yeah, saying yeah. it's China. It's like, not, none of that. At, okay, first of all, first of all, also, everyone, since we talked about this, is still completely and earnestly sticking to the story that this is, that the first one was a spy balloon. And I said very, glibly and confidently in the last episode no it wasn't it was a weather balloon knew that right from the beginning every media outlet everybody is saying spy balloon spy balloon not only did they pull the fucking thing out of the water and then say oh uh, the part that would tell us it's a spy balloon sank to the bottom of the ocean but also I read <laughs> they said that when they pulled it out. There's photos of them pulling the weather balloon out of the yeah, water yeah. and then they're like yeah, the, on it. the spy piece um, we dropped it in the water but I hate also, it when it happens. No, 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 regardless, everyone else is still saying spy balloon, spy balloon. I read the New York Times article that was like, 
how we know this isn't a spy balloon and why it looks nothing like that and is totally different. And I read the thing and they had the experts, the like contractors, the technical people, and it was bullshit. Like they had nothing. They had yeah, yeah. nothing. And the reason, like, why would they be sending a spy balloon this way? Why would they, they had this was like the document, the New York Times saying, no, 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 no. This is a spy balloon. It I mean, it's not even they're gonna bring it, not gonna quote it. It they had it was fluff. It was all bullshitting. And so I'm sorry, I still believe this. Now, with these other ones, they're giving all this bullshit like, oh, oof, like, again, to make it sound like a fucking alien craft. But then they're like, oh, no, we just think this is some other power. Those are probably balloons, too. They're probably just like a different shaped balloon. That's going to be my guess is what this comes out of this. Not some like fucking ion drive, you know? Yeah. Well, uh, I got to say, I've, I've read some of the descriptions that have come out. They're balloons. Uh, now, let me read to you. This yeah. is the one okay. over okay, Michigan. One okay, but hold on one second. Yeah. This is the one over Michigan. Yeah. And let's hear... Uh, from the military, from the mouth of babes, uh, what we got here. So describing uh, the size and shape, it presented as an octagonal structure with strings hanging off, but no yeah. discernible payload. And this one they yeah. mentioned was significantly smaller than the other ones. Guys, I think that we used an F-16 firing a Sidewinder missile to take out a party balloon. I'm fully convinced <laughs> on that one. That one, yeah. they're like, it's a spy balloon, you know, because it says happy birthday on it. It was only at 20,000 feet. I have not investigated how high a Mylar balloon can go, but I'm they pretty sure. They didn't say how big it was, did they? Yeah. <laughs> no, they said it was smaller than the, the Chinese yeah, spy yeah. balloon. I think we shot a party balloon, which honestly kind of impressed them. Well, what they, say in, they said in the, the New York Times was like, that NORAD turned its radar sensors up so it would catch more mm. shit, you know? Yeah. So basically, you know, and then they're like flying, scrambling planes at every little thing like, they oh see up God, there. Oh my God, we're infested. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, they're either shooting down party balloons or they've right, like, this is some political decision somewhere. Like, again, the first one was a fucking weather balloon. They're widely used to fucking do weather science and like predict the weather do meteorology like they're all over the fucking place and that's probably what these are too they're probably different kinds or like you say incredibly like like someone's fucking birthday like like or like a car dealership fucking uh <laughs> Like um, it was a, like a bouquet of balloons you know Some, <laughs> yeah 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 seriously <laughs> Can we like uh, think of better ways to like stoke up tensions with China? Like, do we really need to like <laughs> shoot down <laughs> weather balloons and shit and say it's like a Chinese spy? But like, it just seems really weird to me. Like, aren't there like more like legitimate maybe claims and causes bellies that we can, <laughs> you know, use <laughs> to make out of this? Like, you know, the most, like, the only convincing of all the bullshit I've read it was on this new this whatever the Times article that was about these four recent ones was like. Well, at this point, the guy, the one of the DOD, the NORAD or DOD guys who's being quoted was like, well, at this point, we think, you know, that first that first one was a spy balloon and the, you know, where they were spying on our military sites and our, our missile silos and blah, blah, blah. But these recent ones uh, are more likely a reaction to the first uh, designed to test our reaction and 
and our reaction times and see how small a balloon they can send before we won't catch it now that we're on high alert. You know what I mean? Like something okay. like that. Like they're just trolling us, I guess, is, is what yeah. they're saying, you know? Well, I mean, this was my strategy, I said last week, which is that seeing how much money we spent to shoot down a weather balloon, they should just start floating, you know, balloons of all types ever. Because it's like, you know, a weather balloon itself is like 1200 bucks. But... This is uh, breaking research uh, from our research center. I got our, the freaks are in my earpiece right now. According to sciencing.com, a party balloon filled with helium, depending on the thickness of the material around it, so like the thickness of the mylar, can get anywhere from, uh, can get up to about 29,000 feet. Octagonal, strings hanging off of it, 20,000 feet. I think they shot a party balloon. But you can't shot. They shot a couple of party balloons, probably from the same party. Yeah, congrats on hitting it, honestly. Well, let's hear more from NORAD. So uh, this is again about the party balloon in Michigan. Quote, we did not assess it to be a kinetic military threat to anything on the ground. But but we did assess it was a safety flight hazard and a threat due to its potential surveillance capabilities. So uh, fuck you, Buzz Buzz Lightyear balloon. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you would take it out with extreme prejudice uh, oh my god if that was the chinese they came so close to goading us into destroying two f-35s like they yeah in canada they almost yeah, winked out yeah. of the sky man like yeah that, what a, what a yeah. victory for the uh, people's liberation air force or whatever that yeah. would have been so- <laughs> So yeah, uh, this rocks. I'm sure this says nothing but good things to the American psyche that uh, we're currently having a full-fledged... You know, in the 18... It was either the 1880s, maybe the 1890s, there was a flying ship panic, right? And mm-hmm. it's a real question for historians of how much of this is real, right? Because newspapers, obviously, there was a lot more newspapers at the time, and newspapers would just print anything. And there was all these articles printed about people seeing flying ships, like particularly in West Texas and things like that. And I love the idea that we're just having a flying ship panic again. We're just we're just doing it all over again. So very excited. I'm sure nothing bad will happen. And in our DNA. Yeah. And America definitely wasn't having like a mania at the end of the 19th century or anything. So uh, as we know, only good things happened after. Well, especially good things, because now that our empire is declining, too. Right. Like that's (laughs) just going to make the psychology extra great, you know, because it's like, you know, (laughs) baked in with all of that shit, too. Yeah, well, I, look, I mean, everybody who's been listening to our show, I and mean, you knows too, that in the 1880s and 90s, there was a bit of a panic about, you know, the have we reached the end of America? Where are we going to go? And luckily, they were yeah. like, well, it turns out we could just invade other countries. The answer was <laughs> everywhere. Yeah, everywhere. <laughs> yeah, but uh, they, they were a bit of a panic until they figured that answer out. So, you know, maybe we're just uh, maybe once we get our ass to Mars, uh, we'll stop seeing balloons in the sky. Yeah, you know, it really, you know, when we say we're in a new Gilded Age or Gilded Age 2, like... <laughs> we're doing it! The whole thing! really doing it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit! There was a giant panic, too. People were reporting that they were finding the jo- the bones of uh, human giants all over America. Oh, uh, shit. Wow. And we have a TikTok giant panic now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pe- people are seeing giants all over. What's old is new, man. You gotta well, love it. Nothing new under the it. sun. I mean, yeah, like that is, yeah, the 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 Victorian period, like in America, was like psychotic. Like, and here we're we're going there again. A total like psychic breakdown. Like, you know, fucking 
uh, mysticism and seances. Like that's half of what TikTok is, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically, <laughs> right? All right. Well, uh good things coming obviously. Uh speaking of Victorian disasters, uh how about that train derailment in East Palestine, <laughs> uh, Ohio? The one I quite... didn't even hear about till like days and days after it happened. It was like kind of hard to get any information on it in the initial couple of days and honestly to get like good steady information on it at this point is pretty hard for many like media sources for sure like yeah. they seem to be in a total agreement to not do a lot of to basically got, like, a reporter got arrested at a press conference because they weren't yeah, allowed to yeah. film yeah yeah so it seems to be like a basic agreement to keep this all on the hush hush now the interesting thing about it is of course the disaster was caused by uh, running hazardous chemicals on a track that they probably shouldn't have been running on close to population centers, but also uh, not replacing a the old outdated brake system on the train, which failed and caused the uh, caused the train to go off the tracks. Uh, something that had been, I guess, pointed out by the railroad workers during the strike that Joe Biden fucking crushed. Uh, this rack i think you know it literally is a direct result of joe biden and the democrats crushing the railroad strike uh in its cradle uh this this kind of flouting of safety regulations was exactly what the workers were complaining about and here we are doing chernobyl in fucking ohio minus trying to save anybody (laughs) yeah i was gonna say like they're still in the cover-up phase like let's see how that how long that lasts because you know, like they're they're sending people. They've already sent people back to their homes in the town, like yeah, to breathe that shit. Like you wouldn't catch me anywhere near fucking Ohio. I'm worried about well, it. And also, the EPA the is saying that the water is safe to drink. They're like doing the Obama thing of like you know, <laughs> they're they're drinking the water in front of everyone. Saying yeah, that Joe should like come down drink. and give a big fucking sniff, uh, right off like a yeah, huff yeah, right yeah. off that fucking like, uh, cloud coming out of the, <laughs> that site, man. I mean, it God. is kind of funny uh, for as much as. We talk about like, oh, you know, Republicans coming in and uh, I guess not we, but Republicans don't believe in science. And they're they're telling people that don't believe all these organizations like uh, the EPA or the CDC. It's like maybe the comments coming out of those organizations are why people don't trust them. <laughs> you know, maybe yeah, you the CDC why telling people don't wear a mask have... during COVID. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. You wonder why those words like actually have purchase. Right. Like, yeah. When people say, oh, we need to defund the EPA, something that's ludicrous, like really on its face. Um, when the EPA comes out and says shit like this and like diminishes all trust inside the capital all the time, it's like, yeah, you're go- this demagoguery is going to have purchase if like that's what the CDC and the EPA con- consistently does and says and sides with, right? Yeah, you know, it's like, uh, why do people think the EPA and CDC uh, just lie to you for corporate gain or whatever? And it's like, oh, because they lie to you in order to protect corporations, right? Because uh, the Delta CEO visited the fucking head of the CDC and the next day the head of the CDC was like, oh, you can't get COVID on a plane. Like it's having yeah. sex in a hot tub. You know? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, just incredible shit. And it's like, yeah, it's shocking to me that people don't like have any faith in any of these, you know, uh, institutions. But yeah, of course, the EPA was like, like, yeah, go home. (laughs) Yeah, and it's like, also, I think, like, at this point in America, like, the people of East Palestine 
Pennsylvania or always Ohio. Ohio. One of, those fu- one of those fucking places. They know they don't matter, right? So, like, they probably have, you know, at least some uh, inkling that they can't trust the shit. But, like, what else are they going to do, you know? Oh, of course. Oh, well, they're totally fucked. I mean, l- there's nothing for them. Like, they're they're just screwed. I mean, yeah. people made a, a big deal. So, uh, Norfolk Southern, who's the railroad... Uh, apparently made some sort of agreement to give the town of East Palestine $25,000, which people were like, that's only like $5 per person. That's like, that money was never going to the people there. Like, at best, Norfolk Southern was giving that to the city government to be like, here's some like money for your mitigation efforts to deal with our fucking mess over there. Uh, Congrats. That you're going to get saddled with, yeah. Yeah, it's going to last like five hours. So, you know, use it wisely. Um, yeah, nobody in this whole thing gives a shit what happens to the people there. Uh, yeah, they've, they've just been written off essentially. Uh, it's, it's not great. I mean, Greg, I don't know if you remember on this show, I think me and you watched Chernobyl together, but on the show, we did a review of it. We were basically like the most unbelievable part of Chernobyl was seeing a government actually do something to help anybody <laughs> to like help yeah. its citizenry in the face of a crisis. And, uh, Yeah. For all the people that are like, can you believe the Soviets at Chernobyl? It's like, I think we could probably use a little of that in East Palestine right now. <laughs> like somebody giving a shit and trying to like save a life would be nice. Um, but yeah, oof, brutal. I wanted to read uh there's an article in New Republic talking to people in the area, and all of them giving like, hey, I had to go back to my house to get like identifying paperwork to show that I was eligible for aid and stuff like that. And upon entering my house, uh, my throat was burning and my eyes are like bloodshot and shit like in the house smells crazy and all this kind of stuff. Uh, people are pointing that it doesn't seem to be too safe to be in the area. And I just kind of want to read this one paragraph here uh, just to kind of like, I don't know, just reading this. It, it drove home the just insanity of the whole thing. But OK, after the derailment, Andrea Belden noticed her two year old cat, Leo, lying motionless, heart racing and breathing labored. He remained that way overnight. Leo was found to have congestive heart failure, fluid filled around his heart and lungs, and his liver enzymes shot up 690% higher than normal levels. Medication wasn't working. He seldom moved, ate, or drank, or went to the bathroom. To continue treatment, Belden would have had to come up with up to $18,000. She sought help from Norfolk Southern with a letter from the vet explaining Leo's issues are likely connected to the vinyl chloride. The company said they would not pay for it now, but would possibly entertain it in the future. Belden couldn't afford to continue the treatment. Norfolk Southern's delay forced her to make an impossible decision. Leo was put to sleep. Belden still owes $9,600 for the treatment Leo received. And, you know, I understand, you know, I'm a cat owner, so I, I get it. I understand for some people it's like it's just a cat. But it's the general lack of giving a shit that you get as just a citizen in this country when addressing anybody in the government, right? Anybody in this company that is directly harming you. There is nowhere to get any sort of recourse. Yeah. And it's incredible, you know? And what's 19,000 Norfolk Southern, a company that turns in massive fucking profits, right? They're pumping hundreds of millions of dollars into stock buybacks. And they're looking well, at that and telling you, fucking kill the cat, bitch. Like, what that was it is, the is the implication of owing a lot yep. more to a lot more people, which is, you know, why they're trying to get the town to settle for 25 G's, you know? 
which yeah. comes with a you know something they'll hold up in court later that says like no we already we may we came to an agreement with the locals <laughs> we already paid off the natives you know they signed in blood here um yeah no it's despicable i mean but yeah no no one's gonna do anything about it like yeah yeah literally nothing's I mean, gonna come up with this. you know uh biden's gonna this is gonna be a, a great test for biden with the business community if he comes through on this like They'll all jump ship from any possible, you know, they're all, they already are wary of the Republicans, right? Like Trump or DeSantis. Like, man, if he can just shut this down after killing that fucking railroad strike, like, that's it, man. They're not, you know, maybe this might be the only thing the Democrats actually like kind of thing the Democrats actually do that actually uh, benefits them politically, you know? In yeah. that it might actually take some millions of dollars out of Republican coffers into theirs. And Buttigieg, the transportation secretary, like, uh, you know, if he comes through this, like, without wavering, you know, like, maybe they'll make him president someday, you know? I don't know. Well, I mean, like, there's already uh, all the usual idiot uh, suspects on Twitter, like the Krasensteins that are cheering on, basically saying that Pete Buttigieg has done such a good job creating a massive cancer cluster in Ohio that he should be president. So, I mean, we already yeah, see this is I going. Mean, I mean, well, why do you guys think that this is doesn't have the same outrage as Flint does? Because Flint was an actual story, right? And regardless of if like, the state actually did anything, which they didn't, um, and yeah. are doing the same cover-up <laughs> techniques, right? It was, like, a story that was covered and, like, you know, covered with some scrutiny, right? That, like, when you say the name Flint, people know yeah, what yeah. you're talking about. Where if you say East Palestine, they're, you're, they're thinking you're thinking of, uh, you know, the Middle Eastern country. Yeah, they're it, like, well, they should get out of Israel. Is what they're, oh, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> it's a couple of things. It's um, the the lead the the lead story is insidious. It's something that's there. It's your water that you know. It's the first stories were really about like it was turning up in kids, you know, and then it's you know, there's it's you know these black neighborhoods that are hit so hard, but it's also lead. Like you can't bullshit as easily about lead, you know, it's like mm -hmm. everybody knows there's no safe ingest. Like there is no safe lead level. It's all toxic. Your body doesn't deal with it. Well, you know, like, um, you shouldn't have it. Nobody know. Like you can tweet all day long about vinyl chloride and how toxic it is. But, uh, the EPA and the transportation, uh, department and whoever else can piss down your back and tell you it's raining about this other shit that they can't, they can't do with lead. You know, it's like sure. the, the Romans knew lead was fucking toxic. All right. right like, right. yeah, uh, it's, it's just, they can bury it in more layers of like, Oh no, well, there's this level of exposure and it's going away. We were burning it off. It's they can bury it in all these things. It's like, no, it's safe. Now we've tested it. It's gone. It's also this, it's this, um, it's an accident. It's this ephemeral thing. It's not like an infrastructure ongoing problem. They can right, spin it right. to say like, oh, it's this thing that happens sometimes. It's bad. We, we'll try to address like making sure this in the future. They can like jerk that off. Uh, and then they can say like, well, but it's what's being handled, you know, whereas the the lead in the water thing is not something they can just say it's being handled. They can keep saying we should handle it and we're going to handle it. And then that just takes longer. But like it's a story because like no one, everybody knows it's not 
you're not handling it right now, clearly. And then eventually people forget or stop caring. But like this, it's just like, can just like move along, you know, nothing to see here. We're ever the, 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 the pros are on it. Everything's cool, you know? Yeah. Well, the thing is, the thing in Flint too, uh, which, you know, probably people forget a little bit too, is that the residents in Flint knew about the lead situation for many, Mm -hmm. many months before the press would even say a word about it. They did a lot of community organizing to try and raise it as an issue. I mean, the local government told them to eat shit and the state government told them to eat shit. Uh, they eventually were able to convince some university researchers to come out and actually do all the like research to, you know, prove it that there is these lead levels, uh, you know, undeniably. And even then the press would not cover it. And it really took them like bringing in lawyers and things like that. I mean, it was a series of like escalations that came from community organizing. Now, I think Flint, you know, having a history of union organizing, having a history, you know, of, of being a largely black city too i think like black people have just have more social uh cohesion than fucking white people do in this country and stuff uh, unless it comes to supporting the police in which case the white people love it but <laughs> but you know i i think in east palestine i mean I, I just don't think that they one this just fucking happened and also i just don't think that they have the wherewithal waiting and ready they don't have the training the people who know what to do the people are like oh we gotta start talking to our neighbors and start like building you know, this thing and building our case and going and complaining about it. It just doesn't seem like they got that right now. All they, you know, like everybody else in America, they're just like, well, this thing happened to me. Fuck. <laughs> you know, like, I yeah. guess I'm screwed. And I, and I think that is probably like largely the difference. Now, the problem is, is that even with the wherewithal of organizing your community, bringing in people to make your case, right? Bringing in the proper scientific officials to stand up there and present a rock solid case that the state of Michigan is deliberately poisoning your children. Uh, Barack Obama still showed up and told him to eat shit. And as far as I know, nothing's changed in Flint. Like it's, yeah. you know, other than the fact yeah. that he just told him to go back to work. Um, so that's, that's concerning. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, and this, I mean, you know, this, even if they did, organized like by the time they do all this like in a in a matter of weeks like i mean a lot of this is going to be cleaned up a lot faster visibly at least you know like in a few weeks those train cars will be out of there the thing shit will be gone back to normal and everyone will be left wondering like how poisoned was i how much is still around in the Mm -hmm. water really probably a lot of it will have like uh, broken down it's you know like it'll go away it'll be a but it'll be like ah but i was there for hours breathing it on day one and then whatever was like lingering around in my house and what's in my fucking walls and my carpet you know like um, what am i like absorbing here and they'll be left to wonder like uh am i gonna get cancer in five years am i gonna have you know other problems and like who the fuck knows and it's so you know, and you'll never pin it on anybody. It'll be totally ephemeral, you know? Yeah. Well, I think, uh, too, yeah, I mean, like, years down the road when people first start getting cancer, I mean, people will be mad about this. They'll be mad about it for months or however long it You'll takes see a documentary if to... we still have those. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for however long it takes, like, the Democrats in the state to t- totally dissipate any sort of anger in the area. But they'll be mad for a little bit. But the cancer won't show up for years. And by then... Yeah, they'll have moved to different areas or whatever, right? And it'll be hard to bring it back again. It'll be hard to like talk to people again to get the momentum going again. And yeah, never will have forgotten. And so, it, I mean, 
And by then, everyone will be absolutely certain that there's no point. I mean, not just because of their own yeah. experience with this disaster, but of just living in America. Like, don't bother. Yeah. Just, just, yeah. just live your life and die, you know? Yeah. And, you know, and I and I do want to bring up the point, too, of like, OK, so why does this happen? And the answer really is, I mean, just the total abandonment of any sense of regulation or anything like that of private industry. And when I first saw the giant plume on Twitter, the picture, I mean, the first thing I thought of was West Fertilizer, which people might remember in 2013. There was a fertilizer plant in Texas that just fucking exploded. Uh, You know, it exploded because they essentially were uh, illegally storing uh, anhydrous ammonia, right? Essentially a bomb. Uh, inside the plant. They've been cited for it. They've been doing this since the 80s. They've been cited for it many times by OSHA. Every time they get cited, they pay a $300 fine. I think one of the fines they paid was $30 <laughs> for essentially uh, keeping a bomb inside their plant. Uh, but the crazy thing about it is when it exploded during the week, uh, it turned out there was an elementary school and a nursing home like abutting the property. So a corporation had built an enormous bomb, the exact same bomb that blew up the Oklahoma City you know, federal building in the 90s. The exact same bomb. They built this enormous bomb right in the middle of this town. And the town stuck a fucking elementary school and a nursing home up against it. And they all just looked at their watch and said, ah, this will probably be fine by the time I get out of office or whatever. You know, <laughs> like and they let it fucking explode. And, you know. <laughs> there is no enfor- there is no enforcement to keep a company in America from doing something that's in its interest, but extremely dangerous to everybody around them. And so uh, this is the end result. And uh, yeah, I think you're right, Greg. I mean, by, in five years when the cancer cluster starts showing up, uh, you know, there'll be so many other disasters that, you know, just like Flint, everybody would have forgotten. Well, just so much life experience and yeah. images of other people suffering to tell you like, you know, don't bother. Yeah. Yeah. So exciting stuff. Uh, we live in good times. Uh, that brings us maybe to uh, the final big story from last week. Uh, the Seymour Hirsch Nord Stream article. Uh, we'll throw a link to it up in the uh, show notes here. If you haven't read it, you should actually go read through it. Um, I did it. I mean, he's the he was the guy to do it. I mean, yeah. So I'm just kind of curious, guys. What are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on the article itself? Just your quick, like one paragraph thoughts. Well, I think it's funny that it has to be Seymour Hirsch, like that he's not just dead yet, that he can't like go to his grave, like that no one else beat him to this fucking obvious fucking story that we said from day one, like laid out all the reasons, including you know what he cites the publicly known reasons at the time that the president and the state department kept saying, we can take this out. We hate it. We don't want it. And come what may, we can take this out, like be on notice, you know? And it's like, well, yeah, then it blows up. Yeah. You know, like pretty fucking obvious. And it's, and the fucked up thing is that, yeah, it had to be Seymour Hirsch to do it. And on his Substack, the guy's, been doing this for 50 fucking years like all the biggest natsack crime stories you know uh one fucking guy you know mm-hmm. uh maybe not all of them there's a few others you know people have uh but he's the only one who does it well because he's the only one who doesn't get people in fucking sent to prison all the other ones the whistleblowers always get caught um but uh the other takeaway is like I, they basically 
on the biggest worry, like what we talked about when it first happened was like, uh, you know, potential like way to start World War Three, like doing an act of war against Russia. That's not great. But I guess they were right in figuring that they could just tell Russia, what are you going to do about it? You're not going to go to war with us. We're going to keep uh, supplying Ukraine. We're going to do this. You're fucked. You're in this shitty war. So I guess they won on that score. But why this is still an insane thing to do. I mean, insanely risky to to do and to bomb the critical infrastructure of Russia. But also, okay, if they got away with that, everyone in the world and way more importantly, everyone in Europe is knows that the U.S. did this now. Everyone in Germany knows. Like mm-hmm. some people won't believe it. Some people believe the hype will get wrapped up you know we'll believe the anti-russia like the ukraine war hype um but like it's out there like it was in the probably in the back i'm sure it was in the back of a lot of people's minds already in germany and everybody knows this now everybody knows the u.s just fucking did this in an act of war destroying absolutely crucial infrastructure to germany and all of europe just of its own accord because they because they wanted to and why oh yeah you can wrap it up in all this the the oh we have to confront russia which whatever you can buy that to whatever degree but like it's not gonna be lost on anyone in europe i mean the people who run these countries the parties who are going to be in power in the future who aren't now and the average citizen that they're all that all of europe is now buying fucking tanker loads of frozen natural gas from America when they were getting a lot, a lot cheaper from Russia through that pipeline. And like, everyone knows this now, like America can't really have all that much credibility at this point around the world. Like more and more people understand that, like we just go around and like invade and murder and coup like, but like in Europe, like, like this, like a lot of people have probably forgotten in Europe that maybe, this is what the empire is that it's willing to do this kind of shit even to them, you know. And now they now they've got a reminder. That's gonna ma- that's gonna matter in the future. I mean, maybe it's good. I mean, I'm I'm all for the collapse of American power, but mm-hmm. it's it's insane, it's insane uh, and tr- terrifying thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was sort of an interesting uh, piece in the sort of level of detail he gives in there. Uh, one thing that I thought was really interesting, which is not in the article, but in his interview that he just did with Radio Warner, which is worth listening to, uh, if not just to hear an old timey reporter uh, going a million miles an hour, and scaring Mark Ames. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but uh, one of the things that's interesting is that Mark kind of probes him about his sources a little bit. And being smart, Seymour's like, look, I'm not going to talk about my sources. But then he did sort of tantalizingly say, look, if you, you know, there's a whole industry of people who work on and fix pipelines of this Mm -hmm. type. And they all have thoughts about this. And if you go ask them, you can find out what their thoughts are. And apparently nobody thought to do this. And I was the first one. And it was kind of an interesting uh, and sort of tantalizing thing where he's like, yeah, I, I went and asked the people who work on this kind of stuff. And uh, apparently they seem to think the U.S. did it, um, which is an interesting thing to bring up. Uh, did you look, check out this article, Munya? Yeah, I did. Yeah. And yeah. I do agree with Greg that like I think that this was pretty obvious and we 
called this from the start. Like, I think that um, it is really interesting that the U.S. did this. And, you know, in short term, it seems to have paid off because, you know, we didn't get any direct, like, military retaliation for doing it. But, like Greg said, and I completely agree, it's that, you know, the soft power that you have that comes with, you know, being a hegemon uh, around the world um, kind of fades. And like, while we're kind of losing um, that power to do that type of move to alienate a lot of Europe, right, critical infrastructure that they need to, you know, survive all for, you know, something that we can maybe uh, provide for a higher price. But like, it just does seem like, I don't know how this can be really good for the U.S. empire in the long term unless uh, we just up our hard power a lot more. Um, so, mm. yeah, because, you know, we've, it's not like this is a new story. It's not like Germany is suddenly waking up like, oh, my gosh, this is like a violent empire that just will fu- fuck us over or whatever. You know, like, we've done that before. We did that to, you know, our imperial rivals a lot of times as well, right? Not just to, um, you know, proclaimed, like, ideological enemies, Um either so i like yes it it is a risky move but also you know we're the fucking states and we can actually uh do that right like and we're able to you know counteract our fading soft power with like a lot more hard power which is military might right and you know arms and protections yeah so i mean that that's exactly why i think that it might not actually blow back in the u.s face that much when it comes to like relations with like germany and france and like western europe even though it could be known by leaders that uh we're not to be trusted at the end of the day if we have the military power who cares right like Mm -hmm. i mean and that 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 really could be the case too yeah you don't want to do business with us uh we could always just nuke berlin you know yeah, I mean, there's something like 70 or 80,000 U.S. troops in Europe with the bulk of it, 40,000 being in Germany itself. Yeah. I, you know, I'm sorry, like if you have 40,000 troops from another country stationed inside your national territory, you are not a country in the sense that people think about it. Like you actually don't yeah. get to make decisions and things like yeah. that in the way that people would imagine. I and mean, that was a big thing when people were like, the U.S. wouldn't do because they would never attack like the. I mean, the Germany partially owns the pipeline. Remember, it's like, yeah, what are the Germans going to do? I mean, yeah. really, all they can do is lie with you, right? Because yeah. yeah, uh, this is what we said at the time. Yeah, yeah. What else would they tell their own population? Like, yeah, the U.S. blew up this pipeline. You guys are all going to go cold this winter, uh, and there's nothing we can do about it. Sorry. Yeah, Germany <laughs> well, I mean, doesn't yeah, have a yeah. military, right? Like, I mean, <laughs> it has a military, but I mean, yeah. you know, if if the war starts and you have <laughs> the enemy already has 40, 40,000 troops, troops in your no, city, I mean, that's in your what country, I mean. that's, you know, yeah, being, that's, yeah, no, they can't so hyperbole, right? Of course, like they have a military, but you know, it's not, yeah. it's not like, um, not a match for the U.S.'s military by any means, and especially yeah. if you're you know, hosting that many troops inside of your borders. Right? Yeah. Like, it's, yeah, just it's like not... given the starting position, it's pretty bad for them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. And, and yeah, like, no. no, I mean, that's what we said at the time. Like the, uh, even then before this came out, like we, what we said was like, yeah, all the, the German, all the German government probably knows who did it. Uh, yeah. As there's the rest of Europe and the Russians, but they're all going to have to lie. But now all the German yeah. people, all the people in Europe are just now forever going to understand and then they're going li- to listen to their government lying out its ass to them. 
And eventually, the way these things go, probably they're gonna everyone's gonna be doing this lying. Whereas now, now that Hirsch has dropped this like blueprint unattributed, other reporters are gonna go out. Like there is gonna be pressure eventually, like the big newspapers will have to like get like more detailed denials or like they're going to do, they're going to dig up something. They're going to do, they're going to get the things that they need to feel like they can publish, which is documents. Like that's the standard. That's the thing. It's like only Hirsch can do this because he's working on this older set of rules where he's like, no, I'm just going to do the Republic, the reporting because I'm an extremely good reporter and I have the credibility and the connections to get these stories. And you the reader will believe them because I'm Cy Hirsch. I, you know, I have the contacts. People come to me in the, from the NATSEC world to tell it's, it's to air its dirty laundry. And it always holds up no matter how much they tell you I'm uh, a crank and discredited. Like it always turns out to be true because later, like it all comes out in the, in the following year or two. And like, I mean, that's presumably what's going to happen this time. And like, but that's why it has to be first because the papers, you know, the, the media has all decided basically that you can only publish. And if you're even going to, you can only publish this kind of like uh, scandal shit. If you have documents now, not only like, mm -hmm. and Hirsch is like, no, I just have an, I have just have unattributed an anonymous sources. I'm never going to tell you about. I don't even have, on the record, human sources talking to me, much less documents we're publishing. But that's the standard now. That's why, like, uh, to get any of all the, like, other, like, scandals have been about, like, document leaks, right? Like, getting documents out of governments and banks and shit um, is because that's the only thing they feel like they can publish because then they're just publishing. Well, we're just, we've, we've got this shit, which is why in all this other shit, people go to fucking prison or like have to flee, you know, like, like Snowden had to flee, like, mm -hmm. uh, like multiple people have ended up in prison over the last 20 years, you know, but, uh, yeah. he's working on another set of rules. That's like, no, look, I'm just going to lay this out in this very believable way because it's obviously true and you know that he hasn't just talked to like one guy who's spinning this yarn he's probably talked to 75 people and he's saying but he got his his highest person to tell him the stuff he's actually publishing to confirm it you know and and yeah. you know we'll figure out all the rest later but yeah i, I completely buy it yeah, I mean, the story makes sense. Uh, there's a lot of detail in there yeah. uh, that honestly, nobody in our government uh, is creative enough to just come up with, um, particularly the interesting stuff about like Biden agreeing to do it. But then at the last second, be like, uh, no, actually, don't do it. And then shuffling his feet for a while and then be like, uh, no, we're back. We're back on. We're going to do it again. I mean, this is all kind of like how history happens kind of stuff. Mm hmm. Um, I think the interesting thing about why Hirsch is doing it is it's very similar to the why does you know, why do you need Bernie Sanders to run to like push a Medicare for all agenda? Yep. And the thing is, is like because the Democratic Party hasn't minted somebody like that in decades. Right. So all you have is yep. these legacy guys like Bernie's just an yep. old legacy New Dealer. Right. And the same thing with uh, Seymour Hirsch is he's this old legacy like real reporter like investigative reporter which wasn't a lot back then either but they did exist 
And, you know, the reason why he's going to break this story is because we don't have any actual investigative reporting anymore. And so this is this is the only way you get it. Um, the funny part is, you know, for all the people who are going like uh, this article is too controversial. It's a conspiracy theory. He's just he's gone off the deep end. This isn't like his reporting on the My Lai massacre. But the funny thing is uh, when he did that reporting, all those same fucking people, all their spiritual brethren back in, you know, 1970 said the exact same thing, which is he's gone off the deep end. This is crazy conspiracy theories. This isn't real. You know, uh, they went on on that for years. Right. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, what else would you expect from that type? But his story is the only logical and like makes sense narrative we have at this point. And I always did think it was a little suspicious that the U.S., who is so sure Russia did it, could not present any sort of actual, like, detail on that. You know, it was always just, well, the Russians did it because they're nefarious, like, oriental, you know, hordes. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, I don't I, I'm not, you know, I, I, I don't buy into that racial theory of, you know, <laughs> like Russian existence. So I'm going to need more than that. Like, I need some actual detail of why like an, an actual motive that makes sense in some detail of how you think they did it because after all the west are the only ones that have been able to quote unquote investigate the site and after all the investigations they're all like dead quiet about it and hey, yeah. I, all that is very suspicious to me <laughs> that says that nobody's ever been able to stitch together a story about russia that is even remotely believable which considering the shit that they you know push yeah, that's that's not a good sign because they will pretty much say anything about anything. They called a weather balloon a Chinese spy balloon for a week now. Uh, so th- they're willing to just say anything, but you know, they haven't been able to come up with something here. Well, and like, it's also like, you know, with the opposite, like we from the beginning said like, yeah, like all the obvious reasons, the publicly known reasons why this totally like, ob- like makes sense that it, it uh, is the United States. Like, Beyond that, there wasn't anyone out there, but now yeah. finally Hirsch, like putting a real journalistic case that you can actually go like, yeah, OK, this is this is real. All you got was cranks like putting like tax on a board, which like fucking Jeffrey Sachs, you know, yeah. um, who just does yeah. not have the chops or was way out of his fucking league. And it's like, but like. He was out there saying that I, I, because, you know, at that forum that we, you know, we, we talked about it in an episode is like putting like tax on the board of like, well, there was these helicopters and there was this stuff. And it's like, yeah, I'm sure that it's all tr- that's true. Probably was all related. But the but like, it's just not how you tell this story. It's not how you get this information out there. It's not how you put these things together credibly so that you can actually like believe it. But he was doing that because he's. Because there's no one, there was no one making that case at that time. There was no one no. putting it together. And like, well, and Sachs had even all the seriously same, theorize, you know? When he had all the same information any of us had, right? Which he was yeah, like, yeah. he's like, the US did it because it's the only story that makes sense. <laughs> like, given yeah. just what everybody knows, right? And right. the US well, seems incapable of giving any new information. <laughs> adding in stuff yeah. that was just loose detail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't, that doesn't help. What you need is an actual yeah, yeah. journalist who knows how to look at those loose details who follow down the leads, talk to people, get the blueprint and then just print the details that you need to get the 
story across like an incredible way that makes people go, oh, that's not like a, a attack on a board with some string. This is the blueprint of how it actually happened. And that's, you know, we don't have that those people. We don't have those people. We don't have the institutions creating them or publishing them. You know, he's mm-hmm. backed like out of the mainstream press. Like he's on fucking stuff, Substack with this shit. So, yeah. Well, on that note, I do suggest that people should go read the article. It actually yeah. is interesting. I mean, pretty enlightening. He, yeah. Yeah. Like I said, the level of detail that he brings into the story. I mean, Things to like pointing out that Norway would also like to stop Russian gas exports to Europe because they'd like to do their own uh, gas exports to Europe at higher cost, all that kind of stuff. A lot of interesting detail, and in it's worth reading. Uh, you know, as you know, years down the road, maybe we'll get the full story. And I suspect that Hirsch's thing will only be wrong in just like detail, like you know, bits. Like, uh, he said this plane dropped the you know, sonar balloon or whatever, but like it was actually a different type of plane or whatever, right? That, that's what that we're gonna get as a change, but we'll see. I guess five years down the road, mark on your calendar, put a little note in your phone right now to give you an alert, uh, check in on those cancer clusters in Ohio and uh, check in on this story. All right, everybody. It's a bit of a long one. Uh, we'll end it there. Uh, anybody got anything exciting that they want to say? No, well, I don't think we got anything going on. No, right? actually, no. <laughs> okay. You said all the exciting stuff. Yeah. yeah. All right. So we'll end it there. Uh, everybody, go check out Ending the Myth. Yes, I know we said that we'd have an episode uh, this past week with uh, a special guest. Well, look, when you're dealing with Hollywood sickos, uh, sometimes you become subject to their scheduling. And so we had it postponed a little bit, but I promise it's coming. All right. Uh, we got a heavy hitter on this. All right. So, you know, look, you know, we got to we got to work around. We got to We, we got to deliver be able to bend. heavy hitters. This yes. one. This one's good, guys. This one's yeah. really good. So uh, <laughs> make sure to check that out. That's, that's probably going to be coming out this Sunday. I am pretty sure we're going to get it out this Sunday. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, so check out Indy the Myth. Other than that, uh, I don't know. Go go rewatch the Super Bowl, but skip all the plays and watch the ads, guys. Really get into it. <laughs> yeah. See if you can, see if you can get some new QR code memes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I did hear that uh, in some select cities, some other weird California billionaire posted or uh, paid to get an ad spot that was just the Tesla self-driving car running over dummies that look like children on like crosswalks. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Uh, He's like really advertising hard on Twitter too. If you go on Twitter, you'll probably see his ads as well. Yeah, that's what Super Bowl ad I might actually try and hunt down. I think I do want to watch that one. Yeah, but we didn't get it uh, very, obviously. It's it's good, but you know, like. Don't expect uh, the DOT to do anything about it. Like at the uh, end look. of the day, like car. The reason that the self-driving shit's not going to matter and they're going to like let it go and kill people is because it's baked into the equation of cars. People have been complaining about cars hitting people for a hundred fucking years. Okay, I'm sure Tesla's making the case to government, to regulators, to the degree that they have to, to Buddha judge. You know that like. Look, actually, when you turn it over to the computer, statistically, our models show that actually will kill fewer people than the the actual human driver. And when That's you like say the yourself, whole line like, for AI, yeah. like yeah. driving anyway, and when you say yourself, 
well, how, how is that possible? And like, how could they have, they couldn't possibly have that now look, they so bad. You see all the, the ways, all the crazy shit those Teslas do. Remember that everyone is bad at driving. It's not a thing we should be doing. Everyone drives like shit. And yeah, probably actually worse than the Tesla autopilot as an, as an average. Uh, so no, <laughs> they're not going to do anything about this. It's just, you're, you know, when you get killed by the, the autopilot, I sympathize. You should be extra pissed that it was a fucking robot and not a person, a drunk person. But like, you know, it's just part of that's how our infrastructure works. It's not designed not to kill pedestrians or anybody like it never was. I mean, they're just not going to do anything about it to be telling a corporation. No, and we just don't. We're not in that business. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's the root cause (laughs) of all of it. But like, you know, that's how you can predict that no one's going to really give a shit. Yeah. No one ever did. All right. Uh, we'll see all you listeners next time uh, through your ear holes. All right. Bye, everybody. Good night. Bye. Good night. Bye.